comes the bride with a knife that's one inch wide. Where is the groom dead in the dressing room? Stabbed in the heart because death do us part. Hello, and welcome to Death Do Us Part. I'm Laura. And I'm Who Kelly. the fuck are you? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We um, are getting Jeremy back because he brought Nick in here when I was sick. So now we've brought my wonderful sister, his most wonderful better half, in here to murder his ass. You bet it. Um. So first, now I have the job of thanking our patrons, so I'm going to do it before I forget. So we first have Sarah at Sarah Smile 83, uh, Jimmy Fuquay at The Jimmy Fuquay, and Burn at Murderific Podcast. And also you can reach us at deathdoespartpodcast.com, at ddubcast on Instagram and Twitter, and you can email us at ddubpodcast at gmail.com. So now that the administrative details are out of the way tell me what are we drinking miss kelly wine because it's girls night Woo! um yeah we had to get together tonight for one very specific complaint a complaint that i feel all women have of all their significant others every boyfriend dude i've dated my husband has had the same weird affliction that comes on Yes, they have the man cold. The man cold. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and Dying. yeah, you know, you've got the general man cold where they complain, but we're going to go a little more in depth. So, I mean, I last week or two weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, was so sick, I straight up could not talk. I had zero amount of voice, and somehow I still dragged myself up in the morning took care of the baby, went to work, did work all day, came home, took care of the kid again, put him to bed, gave him a bath, cleaned up all his toys, got back on my computer and worked. Like, I still had to do human being stuff while being sick. And like a good sister, I was sick at the same time, naturally. Duh, twinning. And I still had to take care of all my kids. I babysat her kid one day. Like, you know, life moves on. School drop-off, school pick-up. But like... not if you've got a man cold. No. If you have a man cold, one sneeze happens, and that's it. You're done. You cannot stand. You cannot walk. You cannot sit Breathe. up farther so you could grab the remote. <laughs> so Jeremy has this really annoying habit when he's sick where he says he can't breathe. But I'll be... Sometimes when he's sick, he says he can't breathe, but we all know he can breathe. He's alive still. <laughs> but I'll be, like, doing something in the kitchen, and he'll come in, and then the minute he comes in, he goes... <sighs> um, That's a negative Nancy sigh if I've right? ever heard one. So I'm like, what did I do? Every time he walks in the room. Every time. Any room I'm in. <sighs> And I'm just like, what did I do? And he's like, I just can't breathe. That's me catching my breath. I've never heard anyone catch their breath like that. Jeremy, um, if you're here editing this, that's not how that works. To catch your breath, one must breathe in. Right? Not breathe out. Right. And so every time I'm just like, what did I do? And he's like, nothing. All right. Well, I can one-up you on that. Like, Nick has this noise that it's literally, I have to itch my ear because it's hurting my ear just thinking about it. 
Nick has this noise he makes. He sticks his finger in his ear every time he's sick, and our son has now made this noise, so my life is completely over. He sticks his finger in his ear, and he... Okay, it is the noise. I can't make it, so I can't even try. Like, I've tried multiple times. It is the noise as if you took a giant slug the size of a minivan and you slapped that on like just a huge piece of glass right so there's just a slug sitting on a big piece of glass and then a crane came and pulled it straight up off the glass and it was just this giant like squelch noise that is the noise that comes out of this man's mouth it's like mouth mouth throat (laughs) ear i don't know where it comes from it comes from the devil inside of him (laughs) that is the devil in nick just trying to get out when he has a cold creeping through and oh my god um anyways i i don't wish that i could reenact it for you but i wish i had like had a video or something of nick doing it so i could play it for you so you could be as uncomfortable as i am Every single day of my life. I'm pretty sure I did hear your baby do it the other day. Oh my god, yeah. Because if he also now has a cold, he like does it. And Ugh. I don't know if it's genetic. What kind of gene did I like mutate and bring on into the future? Or if he just like learned this behavior? Well, let me one-up you. So when Jeremy has a cold, he has phlegm like normal people you'll kind of like you know <clears throat> get up some phlegm or like you can move your throat muscles without necessarily making that much of a noise like you know phlegm you get it out it's I know not that big of a is. deal i'm trying i'm sit- literally sitting here trying to move my throat muscles without making noise okay well you're also talking to the person who vomits silently so maybe i'm just skilled i can't <laughs> Like, I have phlegm, and I literally just look like I'm trying to poop in this chair. <laughs> All right, so that's you, and normal people hack up a lung when they have phlegm. Okay, well, Jeremy, when he hacks up phlegm, he will be, like, upstairs, in the bedroom with the door shut, in the bathroom with the door shut, and you're downstairs as far away from him as possible, and it is still so loud it doesn't sound like he's hacking or coughing up phlegm it sounds like he's vomiting from the depths of his toes like it is horrendous even the kids are like is daddy okay what's going on with daddy i'm like nope he's sick he's gonna die he's dying he's on the pathway he's on the highway to hell let's be honest (laughs) right it's like i don't and same thing you don't want them to learn no, you don't no. need your children to learn that that's how you cough up phlegm. Like, oh, if I don't sound like I'm literally dying, it won't work. Like, if you're that type of person who sees vomit and then feels like you need to vomit, hearing this noise would induce the exact same feeling. I don't feel like I need to vomit unless Nick makes the ear squelchy noise. And nothing can one-up that because I... <laughs> it gives me shivers. Ugh. All right, so speaking of the man cold, I think we have a couple of cold-related murders this week. Um, I'm going to talk about the cough medicine killers. Killer. Only one. There's just one killer. He's just singular. Um, So this is the murder of Lauren Phelps. Lauren Phelps was just all around a much-loved, wonderful human being. She taught Sunday school. She volunteered with her church's youth. Um, She was just really, like, known for her kindness. 
So when she first met her husband, Matthew, he came across as vulnerable and that he needed help, which kind of triggered her like good Samaritan instincts. And she's like, well, I'll save him, which like message PSA, you can't. They all started sucking in the beginning and they will continue to suck forever. You can't change them. Nope. Um, Anyways, so his depression and anxiety worsened. And so family members urged him to go to therapy um, Matthew grew up without a father. His mother was 17 when he was born. Um, and she gave him to his grandparents to be raised, which had a detrimental effect on his self-esteem. He began abusing cough medicine in high school and he ended up being kicked out. Uh, later in his life, he was obsessed with the movie American Psycho, um, which depicts the life of a serial killer, which I also love that movie, but I guess not to this extent. No, you're um, you're getting out your feelings in a healthy way by doing a podcast. Okay, well, he got out his feelings by having a secret Instagram under the name get, Marty Radical. Ugh. People making up their own fake names is my Horrible. new favorite. It's my new favorite thing. Like, let me think of a name that just sounds dope and awesome and, oh, got it. Marty Radical. Anyways, so um, on this Instagram, he would post pictures of himself dressed up as the main character in American Psycho, um, and he once told a friend he wondered what it would be like to kill somebody, and he told a neighbor that he often thought of taking the gun that she wore with the concealed carry permit, so like his neighbor had a gun that she wore, Mm -hmm. and he told her that he thought about stealing it and shooting himself and some others. Which, like, at that point, I'd be like, and finding a new neighbor. Right? Seriously, like, uh, report. Okay, so um, Matthew and Lauren had first actually met in middle school. Um, and then many years later, they rekindled their relationship after Matthew reached out via an Instagram message. So, you know, this dude Slide really into likes, her DMs. He really likes Instagram. Yeah. He's got multiple, uh, coming from me, who has, like, three Instagrams. But he's got multiple <laughs> Instagrams. He's, like, hitting on the ladies via Instagram. All about it. God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> um, but the relationship was rocky from, like, the start, basically. He had no job. He spent hundreds of dollars on iTunes gift cards, Xbox games things. Um, and he was forcing Lauren to work two jobs just to keep up with his spending. Ugh, red flags galore. Right? So, like, her original plan was that she, like, sold that Sensi's stuff. You know, Sensi's. It's, like, scent seas. Oh, yep, yep, and yep. And it's, like, the smelly mm-hmm. shit, yep, mm-hmm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she wanted to save up money and then, like, buy her own, like, Hallmark store franchise. And then Matthew rolled in with his Xbox bullshit and ruined it. <gasps> Men. Um, so she had told like a friend that she was taking drastic measures to try and cut his spending and she planned to end their marriage, which was only like a year into it. Um, so then on September of 2017, uh, Matthew called 911 and told dispatchers that he woke from a dream to find himself covered in blood and near the body of his dead wife and there was a bloody knife in their bed. Well, that escalated quickly. he didn't know what happened. He he was like, and I think I killed her. I don't know. Um, And an autopsy later showed that um, Lauren had 123 stab wounds. Holy. You don't like. Yeah, you don't accidentally dream stab someone that many times. No. So um, he explained on the 911 call that he'd taken a heavy dose of cordycetin, cough, and cold because, and I quote, 
it can make you feel good. And sometimes I can't sleep at night, which he was kicked out of I don't of high feel like school. those two things are related. Well, I also, can't sleep. It'll make you feel good. I feel like those are opposites. Just take like melatonin or like actual sleep medicine. Um, but anyways, he, I mean, he was kicked out of high school for abusing drop, cough um, syrup before. So it's like right. a pattern in his life. Um, Uh, specifically because he chose coracidin, which has dextromethorphan, which is a specific drug that if you take enough of it, it affects the brain, specifically the region that controls coughing. Um, However, at high doses, which as much as like 50 times the suggested amount, it can cause hallucinatory and dissociative effects similar to those of PCP or ketamine, aka he was getting high. Um... However, like, this was proven almost immediately false. They just did, like, a simple blood test. And while it showed that he did have some presence of cough syrup medicine chemicals in his body, um, it was not the toxic amount that would cause dizziness or hallucination. So, basically, he just made it all up. Um, Additionally, he had a history of being violent previously. Um, He had a first wife, and once he grabbed her by the hair and dragged her down the hall, and that... After he did that, she just divorced him. She was well, like, smart. no, no, no. Smart. Yep. So um, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole, which actually was a plea that he made because he didn't want to have the possibility of the death penalty. So he just pleaded out and was like, please, I'll take life in prison. And hmm. that's where he's going to be. Wow. Yeah. So don't blame cough medicine. No, don't blame cough medicine. So, the one I found is actually... Okay, I have to call this out really fast, though. So, normally when Jeremy and I do this, we put it in our, like, Google Docs online. Blah, blah, blah. And um, Kelly has, in cursive writing, (laughs) Kelly has 90-year-old grandma-styled, wrote this out on lined paper out of a spiral notebook. I have three kids. I don't have time to sit at a computer, and I write faster in cursive. You have time to write with a pencil? Yeah, it's faster. I can it's like hide it on a counter faster. and scribble okay. in Anyways. All right, shorthand. Grandma. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me what's up. Well, this is surprisingly similar to yours, but in a little bit of an opposite way. Like as if that guy's first wife didn't divorce him and run. So mine is Julia Lynn Womack, also known as Lynn Turner. And I think her backstory is a little important because um, she was adopted and she was an only child. And so they spoiled her a ton, like bought her everything she ever wanted, did everything she ever wanted. And then they divorced when she was five and her mom got remarried and, you know, tension there and stuff. And then she had drug problems as a teenager. So that's her backstory. And then in her early 20s, she got a job as, oddly enough, a 911 operator. Hey, I mean, if you got to know the business from right? the inside. And then she applied to be a police officer. That's actually, did you know there was this guy who was like a major arsonist who lit a bunch of buildings on fire and he was actually a firefighter? Oh, I remember that. Anyway, she's basically doing that. Right. So, yeah, she applied um, to be a police officer 
and she passed all the physical requirements like super easily, but she failed the psychological exam. Because she's dun, crazy. Dun, dun, <laughs> right? Um, but because she was a 911 operator, she um, hung out with like cops after work and off the job and stuff. And so she met this guy who was a Cobb County police officer named Glenn Turner. And she like super pursued him like ferociously. Like she bought him stuff all the time. And like people were kind of wary of her because she flirted with everyone. But she like really went after him. And she was like cute and tiny and like the life of a party. And like he was nice. But I guess he was kind of just boring boring like not necessarily the most in shape guy not the best looking like it didn't make sense to people he could be really nice and if, no he was really nice evidently um but so he wanted to marry her and all his friends were like you're nuts man like this this is not a good thing but um he did it he anyway. did it anyway he was like she's so out of like he felt like she was so out of his league and she was paying all this like special attention to him, and you, know, you don't want right. You down. don't want to lose that. And so they got married in 1993, and he named her the beneficiary on his insurance policy, as one does. Right? They fell out kind of at the honeymoon because she was pissed at him for have, like springing for the family cruise instead of the luxury cruise. So. I was like, what? They only made it to the honeymoon. That's like two days in. Right? And so like. Within six months, they weren't even living in the same bedroom anymore or anything. But he kept trying, and he even had to pick up a second job at a gas station because she quit her job as a 911 operator because she was just so embarrassed that she didn't get to be a real police officer that she didn't feel like she should continue working as a 911 operator. And she spent so much money all the time. Like, she bought a Datsun 240Z and she was already in debt from all the money she'd been spending on him already and just spend, spend, spend left and right. And like, you know, she wasn't taught when she was younger, like they spent money on her all the time. So she wanted to continue to spend money on herself all the time. And so he finally gave up and applied for a divorce. And the thing is, is like, remember, she had signed him up, like she had forced him to change right. everything over to her. As, she's his beneficiary. Right. Yeah. And so um, a couple days before he was planning on moving out, he started feeling really sick. Um, he had like flu-like symptoms. He had major vomiting and diarrhea. Uh-huh. And so he ended up going to the ER. He felt so bad and he was like hallucinating and they gave Jeez. him a bunch of fluids and medicine and they released him. And he was um, sent home and she was like taking care of him and giving him as the good wife, tea, almost ex-wife does, right? Like giving him tea and jello and soup because he could hardly keep anything down. And like, I guess in the middle of the night, he was hallucinating really bad and woke up and like ran into the basement and was causing a mess and tried to drink gasoline and she like hauled him back upstairs and he finally went to sleep and then the next day she went out and was running errands and then when she got home she found him like wrapped up in a blanket really tight dead sure right and so um he tried to drink gasoline <laughs> i'm just wondering what hallucination makes you like go down and be like gasoline's gasoline yes and so right, they so, did an autopsy. Yes. And 
he had an irregular heartbeat and like an enlarged heart. Okay. And they said that was the cause of death. And they went down in the basement and took pictures of like the can of gasoline and stuff because that's what she had said like was going on. And then the day after he was buried, she like cashed in all of his insurance policies and everything. Oh my god, I never understand the like, day come on, wait, after. people. Like all you have to do is wait. Like you have to wait this general grieving period where you're like, oh yeah, I'm too sad to immediately think about how much money I'm making off of him. Right? I mean, this poor guy was already working two jobs. And so then four days after he was buried, she rented an apartment for someone else, for another guy, um, (laughs) who evidently she'd been seeing during this marriage. And so, like, his friends and his mom were really suspicious, and they begged and begged for, like, a more in-depth autopsy. And they were told, no, there's no reason. And if they wanted to have an more in-depth autopsy they would have had to have a private one which was super expensive and glenn turner um this husband's mom couldn't afford that like i guess she was a house cleaner and she just didn't well, have I mean, the extra yeah a lot of funds people don't have aside. extra funds to drop right. for a private right autopsy. you're not expecting to have to have a private autopsy yeah and so glenn turner's mom couldn't afford it and so they had to just leave things be and so then she was dating this guy. She had moved into that apartment who, wait a minute, was a Forsyth County Sheriff deputy. So she has a type. So she has a type. And then he became a firefighter. Oh. Now, she bought a house with him in 1995 with the insurance money she got from her first husband. They had two kids together. Oh, snap. This one lasted longer. This one, the first one was 19 months. Yeah. This one lasted longer. Um, but she didn't want to marry him. They got engaged, but she never wore her ring. She never wanted to wear her ring. Um, they'd ask her about it. And she'd be like, oh, her fingers were too swollen. Or there was always some excuse. And she didn't want to marry him. Speculation being she didn't want to lose the pension from her oh. first husband. Why didn't you just tell him, I don't want to lose the pension from my first husband. You don't want to lose that money because I spend so much. So let's not get married. Anyway, then they started having problems, which he fought really hard against because he'd been previously married and he had another child with his first wife. And so he didn't want to be ripped away from his next two children. So like he tried to stick it out longer. And in 1999, he ended up moving out. But then in 2001, they got back together to discuss like a reconciliation Now, even though they'd never gotten married, she had convinced him, you know, for the children's sake to make her his beneficiary. What do you know on his insurance? And so they were trying to reconcile and he started feeling ill. No way. No way. He had very severe I'm just going to say, if like, symptoms. I'm ever possibly getting a divorce and I just start feeling ill, I am leaving like a, I'm a, sorry, I kind of feel ill. I'm getting out of here immediately. Don't feed me or give me anything to drink. Right? I have to see if this is real sickness or you're killing me. But he was trying to reconcile with her. So they were like hanging out and she was taking care of him. Uh. He had vomiting and diarrhea. He was gasping for breath. He went to the ER. They 
gave him fluids and medicine, and he went back home, and she took care of him. He couldn't hardly keep anything down except for fluids and jello, again. And he ended up having, like, a coworker check in on him in the morning, and they found him dead, wrapped in a blanket. Tightly wrapped in a blanket? Tightly wrapped in a blanket. Yeah. She's and, like the burrito murderer. Right? And the autopsy showed an irregular heartbeat. Now, here's where it gets weird. Okay? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Once again, the day of his burial, she called the insurance company for the payout. The day of? Yep, the day of. Oh, my God. But, then- but. He didn't switch her over. He had stopped paying the premiums and the policy had lapsed. Oh, so she snap. wasn't going to get anything out of she this because him for no reason. Right. And she actually had kids with this guy. I know. She actually like kind of needed the insurance money. So a co-worker of her first husband happened to work at a car dealership that she called to get a borrow a car for her boyfriend's burial. Got it. Yes. Right? Like, how random is that that she happened to call and this small, guy small world happened... Was like, Wait a second. You know another guy who died? Right. And he recognized the name because she had her first husband's name still. Right. She never married the and second guy. Like, mm, and he was like, wait weird. a minute. This is strange. And so he called her first husband's mother and they called the um, boyfriend that she had just killed's mother. And they were like, and they all got together together. and were talking about it and trying to figure out what can we do? Like, what can we do? And so they ended up getting in touch with reporters and having a bunch of press coverage and stuff. So they finally agreed to do a further autopsy on um, the boyfriend whose name was Randy Thompson. And they didn't do it on the first husband. Well, they had to start. The boyfriend was, for lack of a better word, fresh. Not buried, I guess. Not buried. Valid. Because. The first husband had died in 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is. And so this six is 2001. Later. Yeah. Right. And so they reevaluated the autopsy and they brought in like a forensic and they found ethylene glycol in their system? In the system. Like they found like crystals in the kidney that showed that they had been poisoned with ethylene glycol, which is antifreeze. Yeah. And it has, like, a slightly sweet taste, odorless, like, easily covered up, right? And so then they were like, okay. And they remembered, they went back and looked at the crime pictures. And in the picture they had taken of the basement, where they took that picture of the gasoline can, in the background, there was antifreeze. Oh, snap. It was right right there all along. And so they then, in July of 2001, exhumed... Glenn, the first yeah. husband, and found the same right, the poor guy. And then they found the same um traces of ethylene glycol poisoning yep. in his system. And so um she was caught, which if she had just stopped at the one, she probably wouldn't have been. I know. She could have just had that insurance money and the pension and been you know, the problem is people be greedy. Right? And she didn't I mean, even get all, anything out was, of the second one. First of all, she was greedy in the first place because she had him working two jobs and then killed him anyways. But Right? Spendy, spendy, spendy. Ugh. But then she didn't even get anything out of the second one. Right. 
So it was just death for yeah. no reason. So, and they were looking for um, the death sentence for her, but the jury ended up giving her um, a life sentence. But she's, she's out, isn't she? She's dead. Oh, no, that's fine then. No, she's dead. Um, they don't really know for sure if it was suicide or an accident, but she overdosed on prescription blood pressure medication. Hmm. Okay, here's my thing. If That's you're a in really jail, hard thing to overdose on. Like, I if you're like. in jail, I feel like they're giving you your medication daily. You don't just have access mm. to a bunch of medication. You'd be surprised. They've really? got drugs and stuff everywhere. But it was her prescription blood pressure medication. I feel like that they bring her. Well, did they her. say it was her prescription? Yeah, they said it was her prescription. Oh, then she probably just saved a bunch of it That's up. That's what I said. It sounds like she saved a bunch of it up, and which to me means suicide, once. not accidental yeah, no. overdose. Well, that's what I, was, I feel like it's hard to accidentally overdose on that anyways. Yeah, so really sad. Her kids are living with... Her gram- the grandma? The grandma. Yeah. Yeah, the boyfriend's yeah. mom. Okay. Um. But... It's, yeah, so those poor, the poor first husband's mother was, like, suspicious the entire time, and she couldn't get anyone to listen to her. people on board. Right. But it's so weird that they managed to discover it because, you know, someone happened to be working oh, somewhere. Oh, world. And, right? I know, because she could have totally, if it wasn't for that connection, she could have totally got she away with it. She could have totally gotten thing. away with it. That just makes me think of how many people probably do get away with it. We just don't even uh. know about. Speaking of getting away with it. Um, so my plan was, um, whenever Nick is sick, he always takes NyQuil and like the gel capsules. No. Yeah. I think this was my plan. Fine. Okay. Well, we'll say it together. Then, we'll say it together then. So are you going to suck the gel out of the gel capsules and then replace it? Yes. Or, um, if they're not gel capsules, because some of the ones we use aren't gel capsules, you can literally just like pull them apart yeah, and, and dump, dump the, little the little granules out. out and then... Yeah. And then you can replace it with whatever. Yep. Rat poison. Yeah. Whatever. I know. And then they're just like, well, I'm going to take some NyQuil and go to bed. And you're like, fine, whatever. And then they pop it down and. But to make yeah. it even better. Yeah. See, because you got to cover your tracks, right? Yeah. So to make it even better. Um. Jeremy actually had a cold recently while he had to go on um, not really a work trip because he got to come home every night, but um, further like into an office. He normally works from home, but like into an office further away than normal. That was quite a drive compared to what he usually has to. I mean, not compared to you, but he normally gets up and walks over to the desk. Yeah, that's true. God, Jeremy's so lazy. I don't even know why I do this with him. So he actually had to drive somewhere. So he was sick. So I'd give him the tampered cold medicine to take with him. Oh, and then he'd die mm, at work. Right. Just further yes. connection. Yes. Make it a little more distant. Yeah. Who knows what happened at work? I don't know. He probably took that gross work cold right? medicine that was and it, all expired. And he had to go two days in a row. So who knows? Who knows what he's doing out there? Is he even driving to work? Not if he took well, it in the car. That was <laughs> <coughs> Well, that was pretty much exactly my plan. Um, I was going to tamper with his cold medicine. Yeah. So he fell asleep and slept a little bit too deep. Yeah. Um because so Jeremy pretty be... much always like if he's got a problem, like he'll actually always take 
Yeah, the lesson medicine is just be like headache. us and never we take don't. medicine for mm-hmm. anything. No. It's like, <laughs> oh, you have a headache. Why don't you take some medicine? I'm like, no, if I have some coffee and some water, I might be okay in a couple hours. If I like... drink like five gallons of water and just blink a lot, I should be fine. Should be good. Like, I don't, just suck it up, man. Just suck <laughs> it up, dude. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for joining me. You were a breath of fresh air from <laughs> the mean bearded mug that usually sits across from me. Except he doesn't have a beard anymore. Jeremy's just... Oh, I forgot. Jesus. <laughs> Jeremy's just going to cut all this out anyway. So he'll sit there editing and be like, well, that's bullshit. Nah, nah. And then it's just going to sound like, Jeremy, I love him so much. Hate you. Go away. And that'll be the whole episode. The whole thing. Um, yeah. So... Um, Unless he falls asleep while editing again. Yeah, then it'll just be a shit show from halfway through. You don't even know. <sighs> As always, while uh, marriage is messy, murder is messier. Yes, killed it.